Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Rosen with the Story Podcast. Today, I have on a special guest. But before that, I'm going to go into some merchandise. If you would like to have some merchandise, we have stickers here. The Story Podcast stickers. They're really cool. They're vinyl. They can go on your cars. They can go on your laptops. They can go anywhere you put your stickers. We also have hoodies that will have that logo on the front and the first 50 guests on the back. You can pre-order those now. You can message me at, uh, at on Facebook or Instagram, wherever you are following me. You can ask me there and we'll figure it out. Today, I have on an awesome dude, Mr. Justin Fava. Mr. Justin Fava has been an active member of the Berks County music community for over a decade as a multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, and producer. He has spent his former years honing his talents with various musical groups such as Color and Coding, Hillside, and Kill the Broadcast. He was also featured on several EP and album releases, including Chronicles by Six Years Later, If I Die Tomorrow by Color and Coding, and We Give Up, My Dear by Hillside. You can find Justin on his Facebook page, Justin Fava Music. Mr. Justin, how are you doing today? Dude, I am doing so well. So happy to be here today with you today, Corey. Thanks yeah. for having me, man. <laughs> I'm really excited. I, um, I first met you at TELUS, right? Yes. And uh, that was incredible. So tell me, what got you inspired, inspired to do music in general? Uh, was did, was your dad, did your dad play music or uh, did, was it a specific album what was it was a hand-me-down guitar that was like, all right, play this. <laughs> it's funny because like in my family, there's not actually like a ton of music musical talent. Like I think my mom might have won um, some kind of contest when she was younger for um, for like a performance, but I I think it it might have been I don't know if it was lip sync or not. I I still mm. I don't know the full story for it, but like I don't come from a family of performers really um, or musicians for that matter. I was kind of the kind of the first one to really I guess have that itch and that desire um and that ear uh, but ever since I was a kid um I remember dancing around in my living room with my boombox to like in sync and like you know <laughs> like right. 90s pop music when I was a kid and um then as I got older um my my uncle actually gave me a guitar I'll never forget it's an Ibanez Roadstar series 2 it was a kind of like it was like a teal blue kind of color. It was it was super cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love that guitar. And um, so he he gave me that guitar and an amplifier, and was just like, "Here you go, man. Like, have some fun." So that's wild. Yeah, I just I spent uh, a really long time trying to teach myself how to play guitar, like hours and hours and hours just playing. Like, I'll never forget uh, if you've ever heard the song "Good Riddance," "Time of Your Life" by Green Day. That intro, like I just spent like hours trying to get that down and then trying to get that down and like sing at the same time. And I'll never forget the moment that I had that like breakthrough moment of like, wow, I can finally sort of do this at the same time. And it doesn't sound like a total train wreck, you know, like uh, where, yeah, where right. you make some progress. So, um, but really my interest for music just came from my curiosity and the way instruments worked and um also too just in school i was really active in the the boyertown uh music programs all okay. throughout elementary school uh junior high and high school um so i had a lot of 
a lot of really great people in my life um, to help me to discover what music really was all about and uh, the joy of music and the joy of performing. So that's kind of like the origin story, right? Like I could talk right. about it for hours and hours and hours, but really, I mean, it was just that that combo of like just being in my blood and like school and, and, and just being around the right people. I actually, a quick little story. I actually was not even going to sing in junior high school because I thought it wasn't cool. Really? Yeah, man. I actually, <laughs> I had this friend in junior high school and I'll never forget his name was Craig. And, um, we used to like just do choir together and I really wanted to do, um, like comedy acting club where you could do like different electives in school and I, and I thought like comedy acting club would be so cool. Right. And um, my friend Craig was like, well, I think I'm going to try out for, for show choir. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. Isn't that like kind of not cool? And he was like, no, man, he's like, singing's fine. You can do it. I'm like, okay, sweet. So then I, we both did it. But if it wasn't for him, I probably never would have, never would have even sang in like past elementary school. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Craig, wherever you are, man. Thank you. <laughs> so what got you inspired? To, uh, at what point did you start writing your own things? Oh, that's a good question, man. I probably have been writing my own music my entire life without actually realizing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I had, uh, I was, I've always been the type, uh, like a creative type. So I've always, um, just naturally been able to come up with my own tunes like when it comes to stories and like you know um just things like that I i've always been like very creative in that in that regard um and so um it, it just kind of made sense when when i started understanding how music was written and how to compose music and how like chords work mm -hmm. you know in tandem with each other um you know, and, and, and intervals and things like that. I, I started to put all of that together and really um, the all that creativeness that lives within my brain now has an outlet. Right. But that outlet now has like meaning and it has like um, it has like a formula that I can understand if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So did you ever like take lessons or was that just self-taught? Well, writing music, I no, I never really took lessons writing music. I did, however, take voice lessons for a number of years um, from my my wonderful voice teacher, Miss Tammy Black. She was she was fantastic for years and years. And then I took some lessons um, from a gentleman by the name of Patrick Marquez. He was a uh, uh, an opera singer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So is so is Tammy. Actually, they they did a lot of classical singing, and that was like actually my my roots come from like wow classical yeah like opera singing Pavarotti things like that you know you got some good breath support <laughs> yes yeah support man that's the name I mean I guess that's really why I'm able to do a lot of this rock music for a long period of time you know without completely yeah. shredding my voice because I have like a, a good foundation for singing just running out of breath too yeah just yeah you, exactly man even even that um you know just having that foundation to be able to uh support what I'm doing really helps so at the time i was i still liked it but i was a little little less appreciative because i was like well i want to sing what i want to sing you know right but it was really good at the time to do what they wanted me to do because it really gave me that that proper foundation and not only that but it because i had the same uh kind of approach to whenever i did singing lessons i was like well i don't want to sing this old english uh 
Madrigal, that's what they're called. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to sing that. I want to, because they got melismas all over the place. It's like, this is hard, man. <laughs> yeah. I can barely do a riff. You want me to do a melisma? Yeah, you're like, what? A, you're like, I don't even know what that means, man. Right. Like, <laughs> if, and if you don't know what a melisma is, it is a, it's like a riff, but just really, really long. Oh, so it's, it's, it's just notes after notes after notes, and you have to hit it all under one uh, syllable. Syllable. Oh so it would be like you. All for, oh, all for like I see what you a mean. A few measures. Um, it, it's basically what we would call a riff. Yeah. In, in pop culture, but um, uh, melisma is like the classical term for for that. Wow. Um. Yeah. And I can't do. Uh, I can't hit individual notes. It's just a slide for me. Mm. Um. So so I understand why they wanted me to work on it. But it was also like, but this is hard. Because <laughs> not only do you have to have the uh, the breath support, like, you, like it's because you have to have the control of your voice. It is so hard to control your voice because you can't feel what – it's like it's not a hands-on activity. It's something – it's it's organic, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like a tactile thing the, that you can touch. Yeah, there's a lot of – it's a lot of mental um, – it's 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 mostly like to me a mental game it when is. I, when I'm singing like it's how can I stay as relaxed as possible to be able to focus on what I'm doing uh, and be in, be like in the moment while I'm also like consciously thinking about entertaining an audience of people like it's a very right. weird medium to like you know to be to be in like it's. It's very strange. <laughs> you got to think about so many things when you're like singing too, because yeah. you know there's your posture. There's where are you singing? Are you singing here? Are you singing in your in your chest? Your chest voice? Your mm -hmm. throat? Uh, where is that sound going? Oh yeah. And how am I opening my mouth large enough mm. that it gets out in in a good quality? Oh yeah. And and especially that's where that's where like the, all the vocal training comes in, and it's like because you hear yourself. You don't hear what you sound like, though. Well, that's the thing that's interesting, right? Is that when you're performing, especially when you're performing rock music, mm -hmm. like I'm performing, like there are times when you can't hear anything you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're you're like, yeah, you're you're basically like singing, but you have no idea what it sounds like. Right. But I, I've worked a lot on trying to train myself. Um, to be able to hear like my own internal resonance. So that way, based on like how it feels, like I kind of understand like what the pitch is going to sound like out, out there. And it's, uh, it's something that takes, I think a lot of practice. Oh, for sure. Um, I've played so many gigs with stage monitors pointed at me that do absolutely nothing <laughs> that, that I just, I, over time, like I learned, like I, I would literally, run into the bathroom and like stuff toilet paper in one of my ears and it would like block off one of my like one of my ears so i could hear like what was going on in, inside of you yeah, yeah yeah you might notice some singers when they sing like they do this they do, yeah they it's like to ears. hear themselves yeah so that's like a that's something that i i just like picked up how to do and and like really honed in on it because um there are just so many situations where things don't go according to plan and I just want to know, just like with the guitar, like if you're playing and you know, like, okay, I know where I'm at on the fretboard. It doesn't matter if I can hear or not. It feels better when I can hear it. Right. But that's okay. Like, I still know what's going on. It's right. kind of the same thing. Like, it would feel better if I could hear it. But at the same time, it's not a huge deal if if I can't. <laughs> right. Yeah.
So where did you go from there? Uh, your your singing training. Uh, did you start writing songs or? Yeah, actually, I I kind of moved into um, I kind of moved into things rather quickly. Like when I was in high school, I was in some bands and we we had a lot of a lot of fun, um, and uh, that was like my first experience with like playing music with a group of people like that not like in a choir but in like a traditional like band right. setting you know that you think about and um right after that i i actually um met my now wife at the time through a mutual friend and um she her, it was like her younger brother's band oh wow <laughs> yeah so i was like 18 and i think they were like 15 or something like that and they had like a talent show or something i can't remember what it was it was like they had a talent or some kind of show and they were like, they knew I could sing. And they were like, hey, will you come, like, will you go sing in my brother's band? And they're like, yeah, will you come sing? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not, right? Like, it was great. We were all friends, you know. It's, I got to spend more time with the girl that I liked. Like, it was great, right? Right. And um, then, like, it just, like, clicked. Like, they were just some of the most talented, like, musicians I had the pleasure of playing with. It was so organic for them. And they were writing like really cool stuff for their age too. Like I like I could feel it. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And we uh we they had a band and, and it was called No Regrets. Mm. <laughs> that was like our first band. So it's funny when like we uh you know with that name just because like it's so it's so generic and so like kid like but that was like how we started man. We we had that band No Regrets. We were playing like metal. It was like it was like just like heavy metal and the first show we played actually now that i remember it the first show we played out was at the trocadero we played with uh with a few other bands that night and uh it was it was crazy like it was the upstairs trocadero so it's like a smaller side room because they have like mul they had multiple stages there and uh the main stage was downstairs and they had this bigger stage. It was kind of like upstairs in like a loft looking area, I think, okay. if, I, if my memory serves me correctly. And the stage was very small. <laughs> it was like side stage. And um, we just packed it, man. We packed it with just like a bunch of like, you know, like high school, high schoolers, high school grads and like early college students, man. That's cool. Yeah. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Um, but yeah, from there, that band sort of grew and evolved and then we grew into color encoding at a later point in time. Um, we were like taking the music thing a little more seriously and uh, we were having some cool opportunities and we just kind of thought that the name didn't really make a lot of sense for us anymore. The music was different. It was just, it was different, right? We mm -hmm. went from playing metal music to moving more into like pop punk style music. Okay. And um, that's when we came up with the name change and, and we actually, that, with that band, we actually had the pleasure of, like, playing on Warp Tour one year, which was really fun. Oh, wow. Like, we had, yeah, we had, like, a bunch of cool opportunities with that group. Um, recording opportunities where we, we recorded the EP, um, If I Die Tomorrow, um, which uh, that music was just a whole point in my life where it's, like, that point in your life where, like, you're not really sure what your purpose is and you're not really sure where you're going. So you just, like, all you have are just the experiences, like, in the in your moments, like, mm -hmm. in your life, you know? Like it's when it's when you're not quite old enough to have wisdom, but not quite young enough to be like inexperienced. It's sort of like that weird middle ground that we walk in from the ages of like eighteen to like probably twenty six, you know? Right. So um that was a really cool point in time and yeah, dude, then 
then from there, like, I would say uh, I jumped right into right into writing music with Hillside, and I jumped in. Yeah, that my my friend uh, at the time um, was writing a lot of uh, like a lot of music. Needed a singer. I was like, yeah, let's like let's collab and see what's going on. And then all of a sudden, uh, I <laughs> I just like get the call. Like, all right, let's come to the studio. Let's start writing. It was like right in Phoenixville. Um, in like some dude's basement <laughs> and um, we uh, we just started recording and uh, that's actually my, my good friend Glenn Hollenbach that I play with right now to this day that's actually where I ran into him now I'd known him for years playing music in different bands together but um, that was the first time we actually like sat down and like had to work on some music together and I'm glad I met him that night because that was like that was like definitely one of those moments where like something changes in your life, you know. So, was were all those bands you just singing, or was that also guitar? So in in No Regrets, I was just a vocalist. In Coloring Coding, I was a vocalist, and sometimes I would play bass. We never really had like a defined bass guitarist in that band. Mm. Um, it just kind of like people would show up and play bass for us. It was really kind of odd. <laughs> um, but it was cool because, like, every bass player that we had come in sort of had, like, a different feel. Right. So it was cool for the music energy-wise. Um, and then um, in Hillside, I actually sang and I played bass guitar. Um, <clears throat> with Hillside, we actually, like, that that band was pretty cool. Like, we had a just, like, a really different sound. It was kind of, like, not mainstream at all <laughs> yeah it was super not mainstream um but it had a lot of really cool like guitar riffs like it had a lot of really cool vocal moments uh, a ton of like keyboards and like ethereal sounds yeah it was really sweet uh the, the the drums were just like really really well done all in all man just like a really cool record um i think i think it's still on spotify if you look up hillside we give up my dear on spotify and I think maybe on YouTube and stuff too, you can still pull that music up um, and check it out. Let me know what you think. Yeah. yeah. So what is it like to come together and to create a project uh, with people that maybe you have just heard of or whatever? Because you said that your your first band, you, you kind of knew them, but you didn't really know them. Yeah. So um, it, it's interesting because... When it comes to like writing music, and I've I've written music with a lot of different people over the years, and it's like, to me, I've always found like either either it works or it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know. So like, like people will come in and like if they come in and they have a really cool idea and like everybody's on like everybody can hear that it's a cool idea and it is a cool idea, then it just happens. Um, I've never really felt like I've had to work that hard to like compose music because it's just happening twenty four seven. Um, like even just like when you like speak and when you like hear noises and things like that, like all of those things to me have like a pitch. And so like sometimes those pitches will like inspire ideas for me that I just like never had like randomly. Like the other day I wrote a guitar riff that was based off of like my door shutting in like a weird pattern. Yeah. It was like, Dika! like the way it was like, Dika! like that, like sort of off, it kind of inspired like a cool like grungy like sort of guitar pattern that I just came up with in a song that I'm currently writing. That's cool. Yeah, it's just everything everything kind of inspires music around me and um so to get back to the main question um which was about writing and what it's like, man. Um I've just found that when you have the right people, it's 
the the most fulfilling experience you can possibly have. Um, it's just like everything makes sense. Everything falls into place. Everything feels so perfect and so right. You ever had a moment in your life that's just like perfect? Like having the right musicians in the room playing music can can like replicate that feeling for you. And I think that's why a lot of musicians continue to write with, mm. with their friends and stuff because that feeling of like, I, that feeling of just like coming together with a bunch of people and, and creating something powerful is, is really awesome. <laughs> it's addicting. <laughs> right. So what was the, the writing process for you guys? Uh, was it main, mainly one writer, one composer, or did you guys, everyone can pitch in or? Yeah. So typically what would happen would vary from band to band. Right. Um, so for example, in no regrets and uh, coloring coding, it was um, those guys would because I would work. I was working a lot. Those guys would come up with a bunch of ideas, and they had more free time, so they would just get together and they would like hash them out. And then they'd be like, "Yo, dude, I have a new song. Can you come write like write for it?" And I would literally just—it was so cool, man. They had this really big basement. It was my friend Tyler's house, man. Shout out Tyler. Hi Tyler. Hi Paul. Hi Noah. Love you guys. Um, they uh, they like they had this really big basement and it had like this double door setup that would like open up into the music room that they had there that we had all our amps and stuff set up in and um so what they would do is they they had like this big couch this big giant l couch it was super comfy man i napped on that couch so many times um and like they would just open up the doors and just start playing on repeat like whatever part of the song i needed them to play so i'd say all right let's let's hit the introduction let's see what that sounds like they'd hit it all right cool that's sweet i think i want to start here Okay, so now I'm going to start here. I want you to play the verse. And like to them, like and, and in in musicianship in general, like you know, your songs are composed of different parts, right? Right? So you could think of patterns like A B C, which would be verse, pre-chorus, chorus, right? Um so stuff like that. So I would ask them like what's like what's the pattern? They would know what the pattern is. Cool. Let's do A. Let's just practice that. They would play the verse over and over and over and over and over again. And I would just sit on that couch and I would just write. I would write words. I would, I would, I would just write whatever felt right to me, whatever was like on my heart in that moment. And every single time what I wrote would amount to exactly what was needed for the song vocally. Hmm. Every time. And I can't explain that. Like that's just something I can't explain. Like, like for whatever reason their music would inspire something in me to like that would it would just come out and that was it and and i found that like every single time i meet with people that's what happens every single time i meet with another musician that's that's what happens it's it's so it just feels so like almost like a weird like power that i shouldn't have you know like like you know like if an, an artist like sits down they just draw something incredible and you're like how did you like how did you actually do that right and they're like honestly like you know just just what i do it's like the same thing like i just can't explain it but but like you hear it and it's like it's there it's there man right yeah it's it's so crazy how um even sometimes like on stage uh i'll be playing with a few musicians and or it's mainly when I, when it's only me and a drummer because mm -hmm. I can because granted I can't do a lot when there's a big band because then I have to tell everybody okay I'm going to this chord or okay this <laughs> is the chord progression we're going to now yeah because I like to improvise, um 
but when I'm with a drummer who is who is really good at keeping up with uh, radical changes, mm-hmm. I'm talking like style changes, um, because I like I like to mess around with different style changes. Imagine going from like uh, reggae jazz to you know metal, like like that'd be yeah. really, really freaking cool. <laughs> um, but uh, so whenever I get a really solid drummer who kind of understands what I'm trying to go for um, with each with each uh, stylistic change mm-hmm. it's it's the zone and it just happens and people are like how'd you do that i was like i don't know i just i just i know these chord progressions from these different styles and i like to play them in cool ways yeah sometimes it doesn't always need an explanation like music can be it can just be you know like yeah, it can just it can just itself. yeah like right like i guess when i'm when i'm writing when i'm playing like all that stuff like my my brain's kind of off mm. it's not really something that i try to I'm trying to do it's something right. that's just happening that is doing and it's a culmination right it's not like it's a culmination of years of doing this right yeah. that that I guess that gives me the confidence to be able to do it right the <laughs> only way and people are like well I want to do that well you people forget that we, we've done this for years yeah like this, right there's been a lot of training that culminated in that moment it, you, it's a, you it's have a, to my glasses keep breaking. that's okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, you don't need to see me anyway, you know. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's a lot of tr- if you want to be able to get so good to a, a point where you want to be able to do stuff on the spot, it's so much practice of years in the past and so much hours in the present. To oh yes, to keep practicing. You are so right, man. Like it's it's a process. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. People want to they want to have something. For nothing or they want to have something right away but that's just not the way it works like that's with anything like sometimes you you get lucky you know like there are times when people like don't put in the work do something mm-hmm. and get really lucky and that's totally fine but there are a lot of other people out there that spend years and years and years trying to perfect what they do and then that moment never comes but mm-hmm. are those people any like less fulfilled than the other like that's probably probably not because like at the end of the day like what matters the most is if you're happy with what you're doing and uh, a lot of people want to do music they want to do entertainment they want to do performing because they think it's like a one-way ticket to like making it it's like fame and money yeah it's it's so simple they can do it why can't i (laughs) Yeah, but it's like so far from the truth. Like again, like it happens and people get lucky, but like that shouldn't that shouldn't be your mission. That shouldn't be your no. purpose. Like your your purpose should be so much bigger than just attention and things like that. Right. And and you got to realize the people that make it big, they knew other people. Yeah, uh <laughs> yeah, a lot of them like a lot of them do or a lot of them I mean, just think about it like this. Like if you're if you have like a huge influence and you have somebody like come on your podcast like they're automatically going to get more attention than right. anybody else uh that might be doing this in their local community because they're you know they have your influence right and it's sort of the same thing like you know the the people with power can pick and choose mm-hmm. what they want to do but at the at the end of the day like when it comes back to purpose like that's why I try to do things with intention and purpose right you know bigger purpose than just you know, and you're gonna find way more fulfillment when you have your purpose not be fame and glory. Right, right. Because it it's most likely not gonna happen. Well, and that stuff. 
I mean, that stuff is... It, it, it can also come when, when you have your other purposes. It, it can. Know? It can. But that kind of stuff, too, like, sort of tells a lot about your character. Right, right? exactly. Like, the, yeah. like that. those types of things, I think, say a lot about who you are as a person. Like, I think there are a lot of really genuine artists out there, and then there are a lot of people that just, like, fake it, too. Yes. And that's, like, it is what it is, right? How do you separate, like, the genuine ones from the fake ones? You just gotta like pay attention. Like, just go see them live, right? Like, go, go, go see them. Yeah. Like, yeah, go see them when when they're not doing their music. Yeah, yeah. See just, how they interact with other people. Yeah, yeah right. Sure. There's just there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing some really amazing stuff right now that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. And like, it's okay. Like, it's okay because at some point somebody will know what you're doing. It doesn't matter how many people, but at right. some point somebody will. You just have to stick with it keep doing it and if you really want to make a fan base if that's like something you want to do the best way to do it is by being authentic with yourself because you're gonna if you're not authentic to yourself you're gonna create a bunch of fans that don't know you Mm -hmm. exactly you your audience should feel like they understand who you are even if they don't actually understand who you are right like they you should know. they should feel like that they can come up to you and have a conversation comfortably. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? D- yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, I I get I get both sides of the coin in terms of like, you know, things like um when if you get like really big like trying to give fans attention and things like that. Like I've never right. had any problems like that at all. Like, you know that that's like that would be like well beyond what I ever had in right. terms of like I usually have a show and then like I talk I go talk to everybody you know like that's just that's just what I do like I'm really thankful that everybody's there I'm really honored that people like want to show up and like watch me play music like think like that's such a cool thing mm-hmm. right like somebody wants to come see what myself and like my other friends are doing musically to be entertained like they don't want to go home and watch Netflix they don't want to like go play video games like they want to come watch us play and that's really awesome you know and so i i want to make sure that those people feel appreciated and understand that like i am so humbled and thankful for them to just be there at that moment um and at the end of the day i just i think that sometimes sometimes people might not have the same objective in mind you mm. know like sometimes people have other objectives in mind for music and that's okay um, but I think your true intentions will show at the end of the day and right. your true character will be revealed to other people and, and it, you can't hide that. <laughs> no, it, it, you can't fake your way because uh, eventually it's going to, you're going to get found out and you're going to get known about it. Mm-hmm. And, I 100% agree. And it's going to fall apart. It always does, man. It always, it always does. does, man. It always does. Like, you know, you see it like people do stuff and then years later, like a scandal comes out because they made a bad decision. And it's like, well, yeah, you made a bad decision. Like at, at some point that's going to come back to to bite you and you're going to have to take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, I think it's kind of tough when you're when people are judging you, when people are like watching you. Like, that's a hard thing, you know? So let's, like, let's take all, like, the big heavy stuff out of it and let's just move it to, like, performance, right? Right. Like, people are watching you perform. That's kind of a daunting thing, right? Like, it's it's no longer me sitting in my bedroom by myself playing my guitar and singing to myself. It's like I'm I'm doing this to other people. <laughs> and um, so, like, that's a scary thing, right? It is like, a scary <laughs> thing, yeah. <laughs> like, like you're, you're very vulnerable in that moment. And, and learning to 
learning to be calm when you're vulnerable, learning to channel anxiety into excitement. Those are all mm. things that I've had to really teach myself over the years because those feelings can be very confusing and you don't want to be confused when you're up on stage. <laughs> no. And it's, I mean, you're right. Cause you can harness your own energy and, and manipulate it into something better. Like, uh, for example, I, I was Shrek in Shrek the musical back in high school and, uh, every I'm, I'm, I have enormous stage fright. Uh, people wouldn't know it, but I do. Um, and every, if you, have you ever seen the musical? I actually started watching it. It was on like Netflix or yeah. Hulu or something. I didn't finish it because I fell asleep, but it was pretty. It was pretty entertaining. <laughs> so, so you know the the big the the beginning act where it's a big, bright, beautiful world. Mm -hmm. Um, in my high school, I was sat in the outhouse, and there's that big build up to before when Shrek just kicks the mm -hmm. door open and starts jamming out, and I would use that <laughs> that nervous energy to like pump myself up so that way I could become. Quote unquote, become yes. a dragon, like, <laughs> honestly that's like exactly it man like i i realized recently like this wasn't a revelation i had like years ago this was something i had recently where i realized that my anxiety was actually like excitement like right. i'd get the pit in my stomach and i'm like oh gosh i have to do this like this is going to be like do like we're going to be singing like we're going to be performing i have to sing this high note like whatever it might be right and then I, I slowly realized that, like, that's actually the same feeling I used to get the night before I'd go to, like, an amusement park with my family. Or as you're going up the big hill on the coaster. <laughs> yeah. Like, anticipation. Right, yeah. That's what that is. It's anticipation, but it's not anticipation out of fear. It's anticipa anticipation. Ugh, I can't talk. Thrill. Anticipation out of excitement. Right, it's a thrill. I'm excited. But I didn't know that. I, I always thought it was nerves and anxiety and all that stuff. And... Just like coming to terms with things and and trying to do self discovery um while being an artist has been like a whole other journey for me because I feel like I've learned a lot about myself, a lot about what makes me tick, and a lot about um some of like the misconceptions I had about myself for years um a lot of things that I thought I couldn't do, a lot of things I thought that I wasn't strong enough for. Hmm. That I was just able to kind of pull through and do anyway and chat, you know, rise to the occasion and, and push through it, man. Like writing this whole, writing all this music recently, like over the pandemic and stuff like that was really tough because I had to like come to terms with a lot of feelings that I just kind of buried away, you know? And um, I guess sometimes when we're at our most vulnerable, uh, we we surprise ourselves the most. Well, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so is your more is your songwriting more of uh, stuff about you, or is it more? Because you know people write songs about either, it's either like themselves or they write a story and then they think about that story. Uh, what what is it for you? You know what, man? It it all depends. <laughs> it all depends on what's on my heart, man. Mm. Um, I have pages and pages and pages of lyrics that will never be used for anything. All right. But. I've found that you can't you can't purposely stifle your creativity. If you're if you're if you're being called to write, you need to write. It doesn't matter if it's just to like unblock something that's in your head. It doesn't matter if it's just to discover something about yourself, you know? Um but I found that when I need music the most, when I need writing the most, it's always there for me. Mm. You know? And so 
when I'm feeling certain ways and I'm not sure like how to process what's going on, I'm not sure like what what the right solution should be. I turn to writing, I turn to music because those are things that always seem to help me understand what's going on in a very hectic world. <laughs> it, it reminds me, there's this, uh, I had a guest on, her name is uh, Britt Drakowski, and she was talking about acting classes here at LBC. And one of the exercises they did was that everyone had a journal and they would just spend like 30 minutes just, just writing. And it would be like within a, no prompts, no nothing. It would just be, uh, just start writing. You can't think, you're not allowed to think, just write. Yeah. And, uh, that I haven't tried it yet, but I really want to and just see what because even she was like, I didn't know I had these thoughts. <laughs> Honestly, that's almost I would almost equate that to like, um, like pulling the plug out of the drain, like when the mm-hmm. water like right like when you're when you're writing, sometimes our brains work a little bit faster than like our hands do right oh absolutely and so like we have thoughts that we're trying to articulate but like we move and we think so quickly that it just it moves on and then we forget what we were trying to trying to say and so what i found happens in that same regard is like when you just write like eventually like the the full story will come out in right. one form or another like when i write like that and i just like i just like start writing like whatever my internal voice is saying so it's like oh you have an internal monologue oh yes oh yes very much so i have internal monologue and like internal pitch and stuff so i like that's cool yeah like if i'm if i like have an idea for a song like i can like kind of i can kind of like conceptualize that whole thing in my head before it even like hits an instrument oh so you you have uh it's called audiation is that what that is yeah like the the technical term it's called uh, (laughs) audiation where you can hear a pitch inside your head before you you do it mm-hmm. and then you can like produce that pitch yeah um that's that's cool man and did you know that some people don't have that uh i i didn't I, I knew that some people didn't have like um didn't uh didn't have the ability to like hear their internal monologue but i didn't i guess i didn't know about the pitch though or well, i guess they're one in the same yeah right? I guess really so i guess i did one in the that. same yeah 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 it's just kind of that's kind of crazy because to me, like my internal voice is like my, Everything. it's like what keeps me sane. Right. Yeah. Like I, I literally, quiet, I, yeah. What would I do? <laughs> yeah, Like it'd be just like a deep, dark, like black hole in my brain. And I, I, I just, I don't, I couldn't imagine that. Like that, that I think is a big reason why like my creativity exists in the first place. You know, it's, and it's not any different than like my normal, my normal, like, self it's not like an alter ego or anything like that it's just like for some reason when i close my lips i can still hear my voice in my head yeah. like it's just it's, normally, it's, it's just there. Yeah. I mean, and honestly <laughs> if i didn't have that i don't know what i would be doing with myself because there yeah. are so many unresolved conflicts in my head that if i hadn't had an inner monologue to resolve that conflict people I would have to say it out loud. Yeah. And then people would think i'd be nuts man. yeah yeah people would think you're crazy dude it's like but that's how we process things. Like yeah. we process things in deep thought. That's it's an important thing. Um, I think that having that internal voice aids us in problem solving because sure. it's almost like your ability to like have a conversation with yourself to try to determine what the outcomes might be. I, I always, I always argue with myself, and I'm always right. 
<laughs> and I'm always right. That's 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 classic. Right, <laughs> I yeah. like that. Because you can't be wrong with yeah. yourself. One of, one, of, one of yourselves is winning. Yeah, right, exactly. So it's it's definitely something that I'm like I'm happy I'm happy that it exists and I'm happy that I understand how it works and and how it can aid me in processing my feelings and and writing things down and coming up with with things as a creative um and uh yeah i guess like your who you had on last time was spot on man like that exercise definitely do that if you're a creative type and you feel like you get writer's block a lot it's a great exercise and even even if you just you're just feeling anxious yeah and you don't know why <clears throat> that's gonna that'll spill it out right oh, there yeah man totally actually that's a really good point like I'm sure you've had experiences with that where... Oh, yeah, when I'm just, like, anxious for literally no reason of my own thinking that, I, that I'm, I'm like, I don't know why I'm upset, but I'm upset. Yeah. And I don't know why, and this is really scary. But I'm sure if I had just done that exercise, I would have figured it out. Yeah, honestly, like, sometimes you have to just let it flow. Yeah. And um, sometimes you have to just do it. Like, when I'm practicing a really high note that I have, like, trouble singing, like... I just do it like over and over and over again until I get it. And like that requires adjustments that requires changes in pressure that it requires like yeah. posture changes. It requires, you know, sound subtle like, changes. yeah, very subtle changes, but like the difference between an ah and an eh can be all oh the difference. Oh my you know? gosh, <laughs> dude, don't even get me started <laughs> yeah. on like the ahs that, and the, 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 uh, what are they called? Die tongs or diphthongs where there's oh. two syllables in one sound yeah like i yeah where there's the ah and the e yep yeah oh my gosh it, it's all like i like i found that like certain certain notes within my register will be easier to hit on certain mouth shapes yeah. and so i'll just try my best to to like f you know practice the mouth shape because when you're in the moment and you're just doing it like you're gonna just default to whatever sound feels right right but that's not always like the right answer you know <laughs> if if anyone's ever curious uh to how your mouth works i think it's called pink trumpet tr or pink trombone a website it's just literally your uh it's the the mouth or face oh thing and you can manipulate it and figure out, oh, if I put my tongue down like this, it's been used for speech therapy as well to like dictate. It, show, it shows how uh, how to work a mouth in in the way that uh, shows like shows shows people how they uh, speak and all that all that stuff. I'm trying. I'm trying was, to find. It was right above there, actually. I think you scrolled past it. It was like a college thing. Um, but yeah, but, uh, it's really cool. It's a really cool website. I'm going to try and find it, but, uh, I think it's pink trombone. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So it, you can, you can, uh, see your oral cavity, soft palate, uh, nasal cavity. It, 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 you know, gives you a voice box control and you can make different sounds with it. Uh, it's really interesting and really, really funny to play with because oh, you just suddenly hear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, all the sounds you can make with your, yeah. and people are like, what are you doing over there? They're probably so confused, right? Right. But it is a science, like, you know. The, oh, the, my gosh, yeah. There's, like, people out there that just study this. Like, one of my friends is literally, he's, like, a professor at, like, a university, just, like, like as a vocal professor, like he he like dives into like 
the the makeup of your voice and like how it works and like how, what happens when you damage it and things like that and like yeah. yeah it's just really really interesting like what what all goes into it you know have you ever seen a video of the vocal flaps being used uh i have i have oh, it's, it's super wild isn't <laughs> super it I, wild. I, yeah i i've seen a, a a bunch of videos on that stuff and it's it's definitely mind-blowing when you see like when you see it moving <laughs> up and down it's like how does it not hurt yeah right because it's all like, it's like, you know? like yeah it's, it's, it's such wild. force too yeah, yeah it's it's crazy man it's crazy that's why it's a full body workout man it's, singing's it's, no joke man no singing <laughs> is no joke if you want to work up stamina <laughs> yeah. oh my sing and run try it oh gosh yeah man treadmill work dude that's that's tough man i heard that like kanye or p diddy used to do that he used to like rap or sing while he would run on the treadmill like really fast i you know that that would make a lot of sense because especially if you want to build up breath control yeah man and like uh have have the full breath for that entire verse or line that you're trying to say i wouldn't be surprised if eminem did that (laughs) (laughs) that was kind of (laughs) wild yeah right it's like i don't i can't even begin to start pronouncing Mm -hmm. all those syllables so fast yeah no every time i try i just get tongue-tied yep rap's not my game i'm not very good at rap Right. I, I do like occasionally like Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park. Like mm. I'll <clears throat> I'll do some of his stuff if I cover one of his songs. Um, but uh, and usually, usually I try to stay away from that. I, I try to stay in my lane, man. You know, like right, right. I'm a rock singer. I'll try to stick to rock music. You know. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're we're, we're nearing our uh, end of radio time, and we really haven't gotten down into your deep stuff yet. Yeah. Wow. What the heck? But um, I do want to highlight one of your new pieces that uh you had created. It's called Take a Hike. Yeah, man. Tell me about it. Yeah, dude. So um, Take a Hike. Uh, actually. It was a song that I wrote um, when I had like a really difficult time with with somebody in my life. Um, like, essentially, uh, we just like we had a we had a fight, like a blow up fight, and I just kind of realized that like everything that was going on like wasn't my fault, mm-hmm. you know, like and and it it wasn't something that like I caused. Like as a matter of fact, it was it was a it was a result of me being like too nice. It was a result of me being too like. Too generous. Too generous. Yeah. And so um, I basically wrote that song to to kindly tell kindly tell them to take a hike. Like, I, you know, and, and I know it's funny. Like, the way the song's written is basically uh, it's about the altercation. It's about, like, constantly being put down mm. by people um, that are, like, meaningful to you. Cl- you know, being being put down by people that are that are close to you, that, like, you love. And um, you kind of, at some point, like, you know, the dog's been kicked too many times. Right. You know? And, and at some point, you know, and I'm, and, and me being a ni- like a nice guy, I guess, right? Like me being a nice person. Um, when I wrote the song, I was just like, you know, and the, the chorus, I don't mind telling you kindly to take a hike. You're not my type. You know, like, I'm not going to tell you to like, you know, in a, in a mean way or anything like that. I'm going to politely tell you to take a hike, man. And so I think there's a lot of people out there that exist like this. I think there are a lot of people out there that that have people in their lives that they love and they care about, but but that they just like are getting bullied by, you know? And right. and, and so those people, like, you have to stand up for yourself. But at the end of the song, the whole song kind of changes, you know? And it uh you know, it 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 jumps into into more of like what you're actually feeling in those moments, right? Mm. Where like even though 
you're you want to tell that person to go away like you still love that person right you know it's a very complex it's yeah <laughs> um it's it almost reminds me of, of a relationship i i had where we uh like a intimate relationship um but it was just not working <clears throat> yeah and uh, you know you still want to be friends but that friendship hurts yeah. have you know what i mean yeah man because you've had all those past experiences yeah and some sometimes you just got to say hey listen i love you but we gotta we can't talk anymore yeah sometimes you know there are people in your life that will that will unconditionally love you to an extent <laughs> right yeah there's also that yeah and so um it's just a matter of like making it it's a matter of standing up for yourself but also like doing what's right you know, if mm-hmm. you if you feel that that you're being treated unfairly, you shouldn't feel afraid to hurt somebody's feelings by saying that you're hurting that you're you're like what you're doing is detrimental to right. You got to respect me. yourself. Yeah, right. You need to have self respect and, and self boundaries. That, and that's some boundaries and that, and that sort of stuff is still something that I'm working on. I mean, I'm I'm 31 and I'm I'm still working on it. You know, like. That's, it's, that's a thing that's always going to be changing too. Yeah, like I'd just I'd like I'd give you the shirt off my back if you needed it. Like that's just kind of the way I've always been, and um, I'm starting to realize that like even though that's like nice and that's good, like people will take advantage of that and you'll you'll get hurt. Yeah, and so you have to just be careful. And I think with take a hike, like that sort of sums a lot of that up in that song. It sums up a lot of like the anger and and disappointment and sadness that you feel while it's going on but then at the end of the day whether you decide to make up with that person or not there is peace and serenity that can come from that right like like whether no matter which way it goes you can find peace in it all you just you just need to do it though like you have to stand up for yourself (laughs) you know with the with the example i gave it it gave me more anxiety to because yeah i do want to be friends with with this person but it gives me more anxiety to do that than just say listen we got to be done yeah man and we got to leave each other alone yeah exactly like exactly you just you have to sometimes you have to put your foot down right and um so that's that's really what take a hike was about man it was it was something i wrote really fast and um happened really quickly but sometimes the best song ideas are written when you're like going through it man oh absolutely (laughs) with with all that said this is take a hike by mr justin fava
And that was Take a Hike by Mr. Justin Fava. So, how did you write that? Like, did you get a band together and then uh, record that? Or was that all... How, how'd you do it? Yeah, so uh, I actually, like, had the idea and, like, it happened really late at night. And I remember I had uh, just my MacBook Pro. I was using, like, Logic. And then mm. I uh, used a Blue Yeti microphone. <laughs> Just wow. like a USB mic, and I actually wrote the whole song on an acoustic guitar. <laughs> was was oh so how did it get to that version? Then? Yeah, so what's funny is is like I wrote the song like all those parts and everything like just with an acoustic guitar, and then uh, after I had that rough version down, then I went to my my home studio like the next day, and I like just got to work, man, like programming drums, like writing things like that, uh, like trying to tighten things up, <clears throat> and then once I had a really good demo. Um, I went to, uh, to go see, uh, the guys at Atrium Audio over, uh, in Lidditz. Um, mm. so Atrium Audio, yeah, uh, run by, uh, Grant McFarlane and, um, Carson Slovak. They've worked with, like, some really big metal bands in the area, August Friends Red, um, they work with Rivers of Nile, like, just a lot of, like, heavy artists, you know? But, um, my friend that is in Rivers of Nile, uh, Brody, he, like, I was talking to him and I was like, dude, like... Do you think these guys would even like be interested in like doing my music? Because <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like they record all these big bands, you know. And he's who like, Who am I? Right? Yeah, who am I? Right. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I think they would. He's like, you should just like reach out to him. So I did, and and um, then and we talked on the phone. Like we got a date scheduled. It was like months later. It was like I I called in like June, and I don't think we scheduled it until like almost October. Like because they were really wow. booked, and um, yeah, dude, we just I went in. And uh, I went into this like studio uh, and we just like started laying down tracks, man. Like I gave them all the, all the pre-production tracks I had, which was basically every song done to the best of my ability in my home studio. So like mm -hmm. program drums, bass parts, vocal lines, like edits, everything. Right. And then I went in with that complete idea and then we just basically redid everything in their studio. And um, so from guitars to drums to vocals, like we just we just went to work. So what you're hearing is basically just like the composition of like a few of us, <laughs> like just kind of like I basically I, my friend Glenn, Glenn Hollenbach. I love you, man. You're like a brother to me. I'm giving you a big shout out because you're the man. And uh, and it'll embarrass him too. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. Um, but no, Glenn actually ripped that amazing solo in that song. Um, wow. for take a hike yeah man he like just he just like came in for a day and like he tr he tracked that solo. he tracked the solo in uh, one of my other songs uh through this storm like it was just they were just really awesome solos like he he's such a phenomenal guitar player like every time he plays he blows my mind and there's many people that feel that way about him um and so uh so i uh i had him come in and he tracked uh, some solos for me. Uh, he tracked like some secondary guitars too for me, I believe, like on some, because when you're trying to record four or five songs in three studio days by yourself, that's like a really big task. Yes, it is. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what happened. Like that was, that was the process. Like I did all the heavy lifting and writing on my own. And then I booked the time and went to the studio and we just spent those days and we just got down to it, man. And uh, the guys that did the work there were fantastic. Like not only did they get like really uh, like use amazing equipment and things like that, but they like 
they know how to like make you feel comfortable when you're in a studio. Mm. They know how to make you give your best performance. Like they were able to just like break down the barriers, man, and just like help me to do what I do best. And um, that was what I wanted, right? Like that's why I had to go to a studio to do this because I, I, it's too much to like do everything yourself. You know, like sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need, people that are more talented than us (laughs) that have you know that have more experience in certain areas than us to be able to like help us achieve our our vision but like you know a a visionary like requires a team oh for sure you know so um but but that was it man like that it's so funny because like the the recording process seems like so mysterious but like it's really just like a lot of like hard work and time <laughs> it is it really is yeah. a lot of meticulous hard work and and a lot of time yeah man and i feel super blessed and thankful for the opportunities that i've had um like you know have having known the right people to be able to get in contact with everyone to be able to make that happen was was just so incredible so where can people find you and your music yeah so Right now, my music um, is actually just being released through local shows. So um, before I go on any streaming services and things like that, like I really want to make an effort to like be influential in the local music scene. Mm. Not because I like want anything out of it, right? But rather because I think that the best way to build a loyal fan base is by going out and playing shows and meeting people and entertaining them in person. You mm-hmm. know, we live in like this society where everybody is entertained online. And I just think that like I'm I'm tired of that. Like I'm physically tired of like looking at my phone and mm-hmm. looking at screens. I'm just tired of it. I want to do something different. I want to I want to do something that like that is unique. I want to do something that rewards people for like coming on this journey with me you know because there are people that have been following me for years and all these different bands and it's like i want to do something more for them you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so i've been planning a bunch of shows coming up Uh, we're going to be playing at telus 360 again um the the date is august 6th it's going to be 11 45 p.m they actually have a festival going on that day that's right yeah so we're going to be playing there at night we're going to be playing in uh, i think an hour set from 11.45 to like roughly about one, so maybe an hour and 15 then. <laughs> a little longer. But um, we're going to be playing there. Um, we also have a show <clears throat> at Rivet in Pottstown. So uh, Rivet, Canteen and Assembly, Frank and Harry and the, and, and the guys over there, uh, they do an amazing job with that, with that venue. We're going to be playing an outdoor show, um, and that one's going to be in August. So we're going to have the event coming up soon. You can check it out on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Justin Fava Music. And um, that's just the start, man. We got a, a Nitro show, Nitro Bar over in uh, Reading. We're going to be playing. Uh, that one's going to be coming up, uh, I believe, October 4th. It's a Thursday night. So we got three shows coming up that you guys can come check us out. And while you're there, if you, if you like this song, come chat with me. Like I'll give you a free CD. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with and with all that said, we're gonna go on to uh the Facebook live portion, or, or well, it's kind of been live the entire time. But we're gonna cut out the radio session because we our hour is up. If you want to listen to more of 
Justin Fava and more about his personal music journey. That's what we're going to go into next. Yeah, please go to facebook.com forward slash the story Corey Rosen. That's C O R Y R O S E N. Um, and you can also search that up on Spotify, the story Corey Rosen, or whatever else streaming platforms you use. You'll find us. It'll be the red neon lights. Red lights, red <laughs> letters on the on the brick background. We also have stickers, just to show you. Woo! Woo! And uh, we got hoodies coming up, so be sure to message me about those if you're interested. And have the first fifty guests on the back. With all of that said, I hope you guys on the radio have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. Let's get you back, guys, back to the music. Sounds good.